When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What, what was the reason, the deep reason to why you two say, you know what, we want to get out of debt? And how much debt did you two pay off? It was about $600,000. 600000 Say what, what? I got a question for you. So why is it that we rush to be married? Because everyone's talking about, hey, go get you a man, go get you a woman, chase the ring, but you ain't chase your own life. You know, here's the funny thing. You know, as I'm traveling around the world and I'm on TV from Tamron Hall to Fox and Friends to the Rachel Ray shows, one of the most common questions I have been asked is, Anthony, how did you build your success? And it's simple. I didn't focus on getting into a relationship. I maximized my single season. And that is why I created this course. We're going to walk through eight pillars on how to maximize your single season and really tap into that that potential that's on the inside of you that you really haven't brought out there's some assignments there's some constructive thinking that you're going to have to really put into place so that way you can start building your life because when we have ownership we have freedom when we have freedom it creates different opportunities when we have opportunities there's so much you can do with your future family but it starts right now you own your mind, you own your thoughts. God has given you something, go do it. What's happening? No captain. We with AO, about to get a play Pull up to the table. Let's go. So only 44% of black families own their homes compared to 74% of white families. You see, home ownership is key to wealth building in America. So increasing the number of black homer, homeowners is key to closing the wealth gap. I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about today, especially in the month of Black um, Black History Month. Uh, I've invited two special guests that I've been following their journey for a couple of years now and just watching them transition and and really be proud to be black, uh, love all people. But they was like, you know what? We need to actually close this wealth gap. And they did something absolutely amazing. So I want you to first hit that subscribe button. Number two, Get locked in today because as you can see, I'm diving straight in uh, because I have my friends Pamela and Reggie Smith all the way from the interesting state, Montana. Uh, we're going to talk about that, but I want you to really dial in because this month, this year, we are all about maximizing the season that we're in. And I really feel as if this month we're really going to dive into a little bit more black content than normal. Uh, which and if you're white watching this, God bless you. I mean, you're going to learn a lot of stuff to, here, too. Um, but how do we close that wealth gap? Home ownership is a part of that. How do we close that wealth gap? Making the right decisions is a part of that. Um, how do we close that home ownership? I mean, how do we close the wealth gap is by educating our young people. And today I'm here with Pamela 
and Reginald Smith. Hey, y'all, thank y'all for coming, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you coming. For having us. No, no, listen, I, I, I mean this. Thank you for, for coming. Uh, because, you see, for me, when I, when I was reading this stat, right, I was like, wow, home ownership, we're at 45%, 44% compared to 74%, mm-hmm. you know, to our counterparts and white people. And before we get into you all's journey, because you all just didn't buy a home, like you all bought some land and a lot of it. I want to rewind, though, because you two are debt free. You all were millionaires in your 30s, built a multi-million dollar business, you know, as well in your 30s and then moved to Montana. But also, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought you all are debt free too now, right? Yes. Yeah. What? So okay, let, let let's talk about that journey as a young black couple with how many kids? Five. Five kids? <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're here because you don't look like you have five kids. <laughs> I'm just saying that in a respectful way in front of your husband. Like, what? Five kids? Yes. Lord <laughs> Jesus, you got a good wife, man. Uh, <laughs> so. I want to know this. How much debt did you all pay off? And then I want to know, what's the real answer to why? You know, everyone tells me, well, I wanted to be able to have home, have a home or I just wanted freedom. Like, what, what was the reason, the deep reason to why you two say, you know what, we want to get out of debt? And how much debt did you two pay off? It was about $600,000. 600000 Say what, what? 600000 Like 600000 pennies? Dollars. <laughs> Dollars? Yeah. You all paid off 600000 what was that? And that included the home. So we had our home, which was about um, 375 mm-hmm. And the rest of it was student loans, credit cards, car loans, any type of loan we had it. So we were young and dumb. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, And I would say our why is we had to break. We, we really, um, we wanted to be a curse breaker, okay. not a curse carrier. Ooh. So that was our whole thing is that. We both came from um, broken homes, yeah. you know, where we didn't have a lot growing up. And so breaking that pattern of lack yeah. was important for the next generation. Yeah. And so I always had the vision. Um, the Lord gave me a vision years ago of a marathon runner. Okay. And you think about when they pass that baton. Yep, yep, yep. You know, we wanted to run our race mm-hmm. successfully so yeah. that— we didn't mess up in that toss yeah. with our children. Wow. So we had to set that example. So the curse stops with you two. It's, yes. Yeah. Curse stops with me. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's so, so important. You know, growing up, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I have four parents. I have two biological parents and two step parents, right? Mm-hmm. And my biological mom and um, stepdad, unfortunately, didn't have a wedding. You know, they didn't have, I remember the first apartment we moved into, it really wasn't an apartment. It's like just a big room with the kitchen, with the couch that turned into our bed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the kids, We I haven't been to Disney World because we really couldn't afford it. And um, my mom had to work three jobs just so we can have a decent Christmas, hmm. you know. And so when I hear you all say the curse stops with you all, it's, the curse stops with me. Not that my parents didn't do a good job raising me, but I want to pass on a different experience to my kids. Still the education, still the strong wisdom and guidance that my parents gave me, but a different experience. Now that you all are debt free, you know, and you paid off $600,000 in debt, what are some experiences that you all are giving to your kids that you all could not experience when you all were growing up? 
Well, a 19-year-old right now is in college right now, debt-free. 19? She's 19, and she's in her um, third year of college. Third year? Zero Mm -hmm. debt. Zero debt? Yes. Mm -hmm. How did y'all do that? So, I mean, what what, was—did she go to a community college? Because I know y'all are big on homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I want to talk about that, too, because, I mean, that's—I think that's very important Mm -hmm. to have that conversation. But what— so how did that process go about it? She go into a four-year school up front because her grades were good? Like, how did she get into school with no debt? I started her—I took advantage of the um, dual enrollment program, and it's free in Florida. Um, before You know, <laughs> we took advantage of <laughs> That's that. That's in my book! <laughs> Let's go! Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So we took advantage of that. We started her her 10th grade year taking those college classes. Yes. By the time she finished high school, she had an AA degree. Yeah. Zero debt. Zero debt. No zero books. Debt. We paid zero for books, zero for tuition. Wow. So now that she's at UCF, um, she's in her third year, and we're cash flowing it. UCF. Is that Central Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. She's at a beautiful school. Um, okay, cool. And so she will graduate with no debt. Zero debt. Zero debt. What's her degree in? She's in journalism. So she wants to get into writing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Oh, did you see that uh, while she was growing up that she would want to go that route? Yeah, we saw that. And that's the beauty of homeschooling Yeah, is that we get more time with our kids to really extract those gifts. Yes. You know? Now, if you all were drowning in debt, if you had that $600,000 in debt, could you still homeschool? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. That would have been tough. And also, it would it would have been tough mm-hmm. to homeschool not being entrepreneurs. Right. That's the other key. That was the key. Entrepreneurship. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go there. So, 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 one of my mentors, uh, Mignon Franson, uh, I call her my Nashville mama when I used to live in Nashville, but she's my spiritual mother. I, I love her dearly. Mm-hmm. She said that entrepreneurship for Black people mm-hmm. is 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 freedom setup. It's like mm-hmm. when when you own, mm-hmm. it gives you the power of freedom. Yeah. And so you all are saying like, hey, because we went the entrepreneurship route, we took and eliminated all of our debt. Now we have ownership of our life mm-hmm. and we can do whatever we want to do mm-hmm. to impact our kids. Yeah. One way you're impacting your kids is you're homeschooling all of them, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. all of them. Okay, so I'm not going to knock uh, traditional school route only because my mom is in traditional school route. You know, so she's my, all my family's in education route. But my mom did homeschool me for one semester when I got expelled. And I would definitely say that was probably the best experience for me because I was more focused and my mom was doing the teaching. Uh, But she's very big on public education. But I'm very big on homeschooling as well because my sister Mm -hmm. has a a master's degree Mm -hmm. in in education, taught in the school system for five years, quit that, Mm -hmm. come home and homeschool all of her kids. So from you all's perspective, why is homeschooling important? The number one thing for me was um, their character. Okay, okay. The second thing was what I saw before we homeschooled our children was in a private Christian school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When my daughter came home, I I think us as African-Americans, we often think white is better. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I had that idea that success for a black person is that you get in white spaces. And the Lord had to teach me that that wasn't necessarily true or right, good right. for our children. Because what I saw with my daughter being in a predominantly white school, mm-hmm. her 
character was changing. She was mm. losing her identity. Mm. She was wanting her kinky hair to be straight. Mm. She was wanting to wear designer uh, shoes because mm. the, the most of the children that were there were doctors and lawyers' kids. And, and I said, this is just not the character I want. The other thing is our children don't see themselves reflected in literature. Um, they don't see yeah. themselves reflected in, in the leadership and the Lord had to wake me up to say, that's not good. If you're raising up leaders to raise up leaders, they need to see themselves mm-hmm. in what they're studying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the leadership. We have a lot of things to break. And so I only have a short time window with my children. Mm-hmm. And so homeschooling for us was the best thing because therefore I can, I can in, you know, bring them places like here to Maryland where there's so many African Americans. You know, I can we travel a lot as a as a homeschooling family. Yeah. I can give them those real world life experiences versus just them sitting in a classroom all day. Yeah. Now the world is their classroom. Yeah. yeah. And so those were some very very key things for us. As a father, I'm curious uh, cuz your wife said something that was just so good. She said, "Hey, I wanted to make sure that our kids kept their identity." Mhm. Um, as a father, how how do you how do you feel knowing that you're raising up daughters, you know, black daughters and black sons in this world? Um, why is homeschooling important for you as well? I'm curious. Was it your was it your idea first, or was it both of y'all's idea together? I think we came to that conclusion together because yeah. we saw like just the, the problems just the, we were having. In the the, their identity were changing. <laughs> wow, they were just wanting to fit in with the majority there. Okay. And it okay. was hurting them the fact that they didn't see yeah. themselves. Yeah. Now, here's my problem with homeschool, right? They're by themselves. And so one thing that I've learned when with homeschooling kids, which my sister is very big on this now too, is like my sip my nephews and niece, oh, they're close. Mm-hmm. But outside mm-hmm. with other kids, they're like, uh so would y'all say homeschooling, how do we on the homeschooling side make sure that our kids, if we're going to homeschool them, are still still enjoy being around other people, still enjoy and know how to communicate and engage with other people, not just within their own families and circle? Entrepreneurship. Okay, then break that down. So our children went to the office with us. They were able to be around our staff. Um, they were able to watch us in business. Therefore, they developed an entrepreneur mindset. Come on. So our oldest daughter um, right now, who is an entrepreneur in Atlanta, doing very well, yeah. um, started her first business in the 11th grade. And so yeah. they're focused on entrepreneurship. Pam, hold on. Wait, wait, Pam, Pam, hold on. <laughs> well, y'all just dropping nuggets in here. I hope y'all understand what's here. Are y'all listening? So wait, 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 wait. Linda, I'm just uh, listen. You know me. I'm just gonna we're gonna repeat it all. Paid off debt, started a business that turned into a multi million dollar business, and we're gonna talk more about that. Because of that, you was able to homeschool your kids, educate them to where now you can keep their identity mm-hmm. and turn the world into their education system, coming through the lens of their identity, their culture, because of being homeschooled. Your daughter was able to go follow you all as you all are building a business, which sparked her to start her own business. Correct. Yes. All of our kids are entrepreneur minded. Yeah. All of them are leaders. They're absolutely all of them. I mean, even the our son, I mean, he has a journal of mom business ideas. You know, it's 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 in them because this is the environment. You create an environment in your home. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know, and your children will walk after, after you. Yeah. You know? And so what inspired me as a nurse, I was a nurse before okay. um, we started the home health care business. I used to go into these homes of snowbirds in South Florida where they, you know, I always wondered, me coming from the ghetto, yeah. like, how do they afford a house in New York and South Florida? I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Yeah. And so I would sit there and I would study them. These little Jewish people, you know, sweet, and I love them, love them so much, but I would study them. Mm. And I found a, a key thing. Mm-hmm. 95% of them were entrepreneurs. Mm. And one day I was there, I, I was looking on the wall. They had this, this one guy had a frame and his, he had a picture of his, his son mm-hmm. and him. And it said like father, like son. And they were both, it was, it was an article written in a magazine showing that the son had followed in the father's footsteps. Mm. And that one thing just clicked in me. Mm. I'm like, we have to create an environment mm-hmm. And so that's what, you know, all of this was just an entrepreneurship and it was just so important Yeah. in order for them to develop that mindset. <sighs> Going to school, a lot of times they're training them to become workers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, workers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our children need leadership skills, yeah, yeah. especially in the time that we're living in now. Yeah. And so instead of having them go and be in this, you know, schools were designed for the industrial age. A lot of people right. don't know that. Right, right. And so this is why you have the desk in one row and they're expecting everybody to pass the same <laughs> test. Yeah. And so when you get them out of that environment, yeah. you can unlock their gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of being told you have to study this, yeah. you can start shaping them towards what God has placed in them. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really what we do with our children. And being able to teach our kids, because, you know, Every kid is different. Mm-hmm. And like our son, he has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So if he was in a school, we would probably be getting phone calls every day. Every day. He, he's <laughs> probably like me. <laughs> like, because my mama got phone calls about me telling me he needs to get on Ritalin or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, he has, a, what do you call that? ADHD. ADHD. And yeah. My mama said, no, what he need is a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> what he need is discipline. Mm-hmm. And what he need is stronger teachers mm-hmm. that knows how to. Cater and, and cater to a, a young man of his character. And it was so funny. They never put me on Ritalin. My mm-hmm. mom believes that if she would have put me on that crap, mm-hmm. I would be a different man today. Yeah. Yeah. And so I relate to you some. Go ahead. I just want to and, say that. And a lot of times with those kids, like, you know, they their attention span, they get bored. Yep. Fast. Yep. But, you know, those, those are entrepreneurs. ADHD is a gift. I think so too. It is. Yeah. If you if you um, <clears throat> study this, uh-huh. most most of the top CEOs have ADHD, mm. um, including the uh, founder of JetBlue. Mm. A lot of them are dyslexic, ADHD, mm-hmm. and they will tell you that's what led to their success. Yeah. The ability to hyperfocus mm-hmm. and everything, <clears throat> it's a gift. But if you yeah. take them, put them in a school environment, they're going to say something's wrong with them. Wow. Really, it's the teachers not knowing how to work with them. Wow. And so ADHD kids do very well at home with a parent that's <clears throat> understands that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, seriously. It's a gift. I'm t- I think, I don't know if I, ha- well, they never diagnosed me with it. The teachers thought I had it. Mm-hmm. But, man, I'm, I'm energy. I don't, I don't drink coffee. Because it's like, I know. I had coffee one time. I couldn't go to sleep for three days. <laughs> no, I'm so serious. And I'm like, so now I'm like, okay, I don't need anything extra. Because mm-hmm. I just, like, when I get in the gym, mm-hmm. I, I don't need a pre-workout. <laughs> I don't need no coffee. 
I just literally just drink some water. I just turn on some music and I'm in the gym dancing and going and I'm just throwing up the weight. I'm like, yeah. You know, on this show, people are like, yo, can Anthony just calm down? Why you got to be yelling? Because I just have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But because of that energy, when I get on the stage, mm-hmm. I know how to keep people's attention yeah. mm-hmm. because I'm not going to be monotone. I'm not going to be mellow. I, I, I'm, I'm hitting it. When I'm on the show, I know how to keep the energy going. I know exactly what to do, right? So, mm-hmm. listen, I relate to your son. I just, yeah. I, man, listen, your son is going to be probably, oh, man. I mean, all your children are going to be amazing, but he probably going to be the one that's just going to just kill it. Oh, thank you. He's, yeah. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> and when he blow up, just uh, just remind him that there was this guy that we was on the show like a few years ago, mm-hmm. and he said you were going to kill it. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's very, very important. You all said that you all built this business. And I didn't know this until you all came in today. I knew you all had a business, but I didn't know what kind of business mm-hmm. it was, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that because you all are debt-free today, young and millionaires. How did we build a million-dollar business? What is it? Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> why and, and how did y'all build it? Um, my wife, she has the nursing background. Okay. And I remember... You know, at the time, you know, she was out there, a nurse, and going into these people's homes. And like she said in her story uh, in uh, a couple of minutes earlier, that all of these people were entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so she came with this idea of, you know, I want to start a home health care company. Yeah. And me, I was kind of like He's reserved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's all we do. That's men. Like, huh, yeah. is that logical? Is that, that going to make sense? Yeah. Does that fit in the budget? <laughs> You're right. And, and, and we were in a ton of debt because once we graduated, you know, we got the big house. Okay. We got the cars. Okay. Put kids in private school. Okay. So when you get the house, you got to furnish the house. Absolutely. And so we were making six figures um, living paycheck to paycheck. Say that again. Say it one more time. Making six figures living paycheck to paycheck. So all of y'all be saying, you know, if I just make more money, mm-hmm. I will be better off. It's not the case. Actually, like literally millionaires mm-hmm. who make a million dollars a year mm-hmm. are still living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, yeah. want to, I just want them to hear that. And so um, we started the company and um, we straddled. Mm-hmm. We straddled for about two years. And then we was trying to decide, all right, you know, because... It's only so long you can straddle. And so at the time, you know, she was a nurse and I was working in public accounting. And so we was, all right, who should leave the job first? Mm. You know, I was like, you should leave your job first. You're the nurse. And she was like, you should leave your job first because I got the health insurance. So we was, <laughs> just was back and forth. And I remember one night I had a dream. And my boss at the time, he told me to get out the boat. In the dream. In the dream. In the dream. In the dream. He told me to get out the boat. I said, all right, God, that's my cue to. It was you. Yeah, it was me. And put in my resignation, I gave him a month's notice. <clears throat> Two weeks later, we found out she was pregnant with our third child. Okay. And that's when that it. and that's when that fear started to <laughs> creep in. Because remind you, we were in a ton of debt. Right. We only had about three or four months worth of savings to kind of supplement my income. Okay. And, you know, that fear started to creep in and but, you know, we went along with the plan. Yeah. And about a year later, that's when she left her job. And as I left, when I first left my job, that's when the business started to increase. Wow. It started to increase. So you all started the business while both of you were working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. All right, all right. And so uh, a year later, she left. And as the business increased, 
we didn't just take that money and splurge. We okay. used that money to pay off debt. Wow. So how long did it take you all to pay off your debt? It took us about about seven years. How much were y'all making during those seven years on average? We were making, uh, we paid ourselves a salary of 100000 Okay. And okay. so some years the business, you know, after profit, we'll profit, you know, uh, $150 to 200 Yeah. And so we, we would use that money. And put that all towards, towards the debt. debt. Put it towards debt. Some people watching, and I'm not going to look into the camera because I don't want them thinking I'm looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, <laughs> but I think some people will take that extra stuff mm-hmm. and go out there and do something different with the money. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. go buy a nice car. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm working hard. Let me go treat myself to a vacation mm-hmm. in Israel or Dubai or Paris. Mm-hmm. But you all said, no, we want to get out of debt with the extra income. Yeah. And it was because you all wanted the curse to stop with you all. Absolutely. And that was what he what he titles the boring years. Yeah. Those were boring <laughs> years. We couldn't vacation. We couldn't go anywhere. So for seven years, y'all didn't vacation. Mm-hmm. How was that on your kids? <sighs> they didn't really know what was going on because we lived in, you know, we was in the tropical area. So okay. we were vacation. We'd go to the beach, take mm-hmm. a day trip to the beach, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but we didn't go anywhere. You know, we it was boring. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, it was like, all right, can we do something? My wife, she was like, can we do something? I was like, no, honey. You know, we, <laughs> you know, you know, one day we'll be able to do something. And yeah. so we just have to have, you have to have that why, you know, yeah. and a lot of times when you're on a journey, if you don't have your why reason. That's good. You know, you can fall off the trail. Yeah. But having your why and just being able to, all right, why am I doing this? Why am I sacrificing? Why am I neglecting myself? And you got to have those whys yeah. or why you doing these things. And that would kind of keep you motivated. Yeah. But it was it was tough. It was tough. What and was one of the most creative things you did for seven years <laughs> to kind of keep the energy going and the momentum going? Uh, you want to ask? <laughs> She's looking like, I don't know we did anything creative. <laughs> other than local staycations. Local yeah. staycations. staycations. Yeah. Took the whole family, just got a hotel room two blocks from the house. Yep. We yeah. actually did that. We used to do that a lot down yeah. in Singer Island. Wow. Yeah. Right there. Mm-hmm. We'd go just to get a little outlet from home. And mm-hmm. we're like 15 minutes from home. But All right, so I'm going to get real personal. How did you all keep y'all's love not love life in that way but y'all's love together for those seven years it could be it was challenging but we you know we 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 we, we made a, a conscious effort to mm-hmm. keep it going but i ain't gonna lie it had its challenges yeah, yeah. really <clears throat> what the word says a threefold cord is not easily broken so for me it was the word yeah, you know, yeah. standing on god's word yeah. even when we were getting down going back to his word mm-hmm. and that was always has always been our it's been our ground. I, and if if God is is the foundation, yeah. it, your house can't be shaken. Yeah. yeah. And so that was really a lot of prayer, praying together, you know, mm-hmm. understanding that neither one of us is the enemy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because there's that attempt to want to blame or this or that, <clears throat> understanding we were on the same team. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. What would y'all say to couples out there who are saying, you know what, they're not on the same page right now? Like they want to get out of debt, but how to get out of debt? Mm-hmm. And how to aggressive go after how to aggressively go after it. They're just not on the same page, and so it's starting issues in the home. It's mm-hmm. it's it's creating problems that the kids are seeing. Um, she's losing sleep because she's she's tired of living paycheck to paycheck, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Yo, man, I want to do it, but I don't want to do X Y Z." What would you all say to to that couple watching right now? 
I would say look at the end goal, you know, because you may not. Because when we first started, you know, it was a challenge, you know, getting my wife on board and like, all right, honey, we're going to have to cut this, we're going to have to cut that. But showing the end result, Ooh. all right, honey, you know, if we do this now, if we make the sacrifice now, yeah. five years later, we'll be able to do this. Ooh. You know, showing the end goal and then kind of working your way back, you know, and just making those steps, mm-hmm. you know, because right now, you know, our end goal right now, you know, even though we're entrepreneurs, we have freedom. Mm. And that's the key thing is freedom. freedom. Right. And not being a slave to debt. And one of the quotes by Harriet Tubman, she was saying, I freed a thousand slaves, but I could have freed a thousand more only if they knew they were slaves. A lot of people out there in debt, they don't even know they're slaves because they think this is the American way. You know what? My boy said that. He said they're in beautiful bondage. Right. That's it. <laughs> they're in beautiful. They're in beautiful bondage. It's like I'm not saying that we're animals because mm-hmm. I mean, we're not. Mm-hmm. But think of when you go to the zoo, the mm-hmm. lions, the bears, the elephants, you know, they're in bondage. But to them, they don't really know they're in bondage. You're right. They don't know that they're strong enough to, man, if they really want to get up out of there, they can do some things. You're right. <laughs> but to them, their mind is, this is home. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I get to eat the trees. I don't have no one attacking me. I don't have this. Man, people don't understand when you're in debt, you're in beautiful bondage. bondage. You're right. And so it's hard mm-hmm. to tell someone to get out of bondage mm-hmm. when they're saying, but this is beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having the Louis Vuittons, having the Chanel purses, driving a car and living in this big old house. I know I can't have a lot after I pay all my bills, but at least mm-hmm. I look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, you teach us over. And then you can't enjoy those things. You know, they talk about, you know, this one study was talking about, you know, a lot of people when they have these big houses and... They don't even utilize the house. No. You know, that's what we're building our house out there in Montana. We're building our custom home. Uh And we have the spaces where we don't have like a formal living, no formal dining. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're making sure that we have every space utilized as much as possible. So y'all taking the the minimalistic approach to home building. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're building it debt free. We could go bigger. Yeah. I mean, we certainly have the credit. We we, we have it. some of the highest credit scores in the country. Yeah, you yeah. know, so it's like we could do that. We could easily go to a bank, but mm-hmm. we don't want the debt. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna build it ac- according to our budget. Mm-hmm. And um, because what we found, even with children, when we had the big house, right. The kids don't even, they only sleep in the bedroom. You're right. <laughs> all of their toys are in the living room. You're right. They're all in, the in our room. room. Right. So yeah. we're like, you're only sleeping in here. Right, right. But and you're not utilizing the room utilizing. outside of sleeping. Right, mm-hmm. outside of sleeping. And so we just started saying, okay, that's extra square footage we don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, doing that, you know. Um, but he's right. And if I could add a little bit to that. Habakkuk 2 2 says, Write the vision, make it plain. Mm-hmm. We wrote goals mm-hmm. from the very early years of mm-hmm. we want to have, you know, this, this, and this. We want the debt paid off. Writing those goals and just going back every year, looking at the short term versus long term goals. Mm-hmm. Those were very important, you know, just very important things that, that we did. And I'll say this looking at that end goal and where we are today, mm-hmm. it feels good to know that if I want to sleep in, I can sleep in. Yes. If sometimes we wake up and say, hey, let's just hop in the car and go somewhere. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. And we have that freedom here in our early 40s to be able to do that. So to the ladies watching you, right, and they're saying, you know what, 
you didn't, it sounded like you were, it was kind of hard for you to get on in the very beginning. Yeah. But then fast forward now, these years later, what would you tell that woman who was you years ago? And how would you encourage her from where you're standing at today? I would say trust the process, <clears throat> cut out certain people. Yeah. You got to have, um, with me, it was, I had a laser focus. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't hang out with people that did not, fit the goals where I were going where I was going. So you good. know, so I had to cut out a lot of that um and read. Mm. You know, I became an avid reader mm. and just studying and, and things like that. So, so good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Very just now tuned into the table. Y'all, I literally uh am really um enjoying today's conversation. I have Pamela and Reginald Smith here today with me on the show. And they are entrepreneurs and advocates for black the black community and even black home ownership. And we're about to dive into really the meat of their story here in a little bit. Uh, but I really wanted to remind you all that as you are, are on your journey this year, one of the key things to building wealth is to making sure that once you get out of debt, you have a fully funded emergency fund. A credit card is not an emergency fund. Um, and nearly 52 percent of people in America today don't even have a thousand dollars inside of an emergency fund to where if an emergency happened today. They could not uh, go and pay cash to get tires replaced. And that's sad. So two things. I'm going to be making sure that throughout this year, we're going to be walking through some processes on how to make sure that you're getting out of debt, that you're getting your emergency funds, that you're investing, and that you're maximizing the season that you're in, especially if you're single. And then number two is, hey, once you get that emergency fund, where should you park it? And I park my money at Prize Pool. Prize Pool is in a phenomenal savings account. They're going to give you 0.30% interest, and they're going to give you a ticket for every dollar you put in there. So for an example, you put in $100, you're going to get a 100 tickets. And at the end of every single month, they do a huge drawing. They give away $25,000, $10,000, $200,000 to a lot of people. And just for you parking your money in there, it's kind of like you're gambling a little bit. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I don't gamble my money, but I'll gamble some tickets to get some extra money on top of interest on my money just sitting in the account. So I'm going to drop their information uh, in the show description. Go check them out. It's 100% free. You don't have to have a minimum. If you only have $100, go park it over there, and I promise you, you will enjoy it. Prize pool is FDIC insured. They will protect your money uh, because, listen, this next conversation uh, that we're really about to dive into on how they bought land cash. Cash. And I ain't talking about two acres. I ain't talking about five acres. I'm not talking about 10 acres. All right. Heck, I'm not even talking about 20. They bought some acres and they bought it in a way that is going to encourage you and inspire you. So make sure you hit thumbs up on this show. Subscribe. Because I'm telling you right now, we're going in. So I got to ask you all this question. You all you all went from working in Florida. Mm-hmm. to um, paying off your debt, mm-hmm. quitting your jobs, uh, to starting a major business before you paid off your debt. Mm-hmm. That turned into a multi-million dollar business over some years. Then all that, out of nowhere, you all decide to go from the beautiful, sunny state of Florida and purchase land in Mont- Montana? Montana. <laughs> am, I, am I? Yes. This is correct? Correct. <laughs> Y'all went from one of the most diverse states Mm -hmm. in America, from blacks, whites, Hispanics, Puerto Ricans, Asians, you name it. Very multicultural state Mm -hmm. 
to Mont- Montana? Yes. I just got to ask this question. And I mean no disrespect to anybody else watching this. But are we up there? <laughs> We're we up are. there. Very few. But very yeah. few. When you say very few, like what, 2%? What, what, we, what we looking, some looking like? Some places less than 1% in yeah, some areas. Yeah, less Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Why? Why Montana, you guys? Well, I gotta know. It's beautiful. It, it's absolutely. I've seen some of the pictures gorgeous. on your page. Yeah, yeah it's. We um, started vacationing there, and we just fell in love with the mountains. Um, you can get a lot of land there. Um, at the time when we purchased it, the land prices were, you know, very economical. Okay. And so we we just we love the the environment, just everything there. Cool. How much? How much did y'all um, purchase? How many acres? 40 acres. We purchased 40 acres in 2019. Right before COVID. Yep. And we purchased five acres last year. So it was 41 acres in it for a total of 46 acres. 46 acres. We have a total of 46 acres. Why? Why Why land? Why land and not not a home? Um, Land, for me, um, one of the things that was so important was um, our ancestors mm. were promised 40 acres. Mm. You know, we know all know the 40 acres of the mule. Yeah. Um, but they never got that land ownership for, um, you know, the freedmen coming out of, um, you know, slavery and how important it, it was for them to be able to, you know, they were so closely tied to the land, yeah. you know. And had they been given that land, I truly feel like we as a people Absolutely. would have been better off Absolutely. today. Yeah. And so for me, it was symbolic, okay. you know, of having that 40 acres. Um, our goal is to start um, farming, okay. um, to turn that into a business, wow. um, being able to um, learn how to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, and just really giving our children more of a chance to um, because we're going to get alpacas and, and mm. cows, and mm. um, the goal is to have chickens. You know, we'll have our own fresh eggs and things like that. Wow. Um, but we really feel like it's going to be very important to learn self-sufficiency. Yeah. And so that's our that was one of the major reasons for having that much land. Are y'all paid cash or y'all finance the land? Cash. It's cash. I'm asking the king. Uh, did y'all pay cash from like y'all savings <laughs> account, or did y'all just go to the bank and get a cash check and go pay cash? <laughs> pay cash, cash. for it. This, this is out of y'all's personal bank account from y'all's business that you all made. Yes. Yep. Not y'all going to the bank. Right. No bank. And saying, "Hey, we want a money order to go purchase this land." <laughs> Mm-mm. Cash. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So it was just. We didn't even have to be in Montana to do the transaction. So we, yeah. we did a wire and signed some papers. <clears throat> that was it. And, okay, so to get out of debt and to pay cash for 46 acres, mm-hmm. how long did that take, y'all? Ooh, man, we you know, we started, we just fell in love with the mountains when in 2006. Yeah, we started saving from there. Saving from there. Yeah. yeah. So y'all knew that y'all eventually wanted to buy some land yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. We, we just envisioned having a cabin in the mountains. We're like, <clears throat> from our very first trip to the mountains, I fell in love. Because yeah. I'm just like this. I'm like, <clears throat> and I'm like, I want, I, I really want a cabin in the mountains. And he's like, we can't afford it yet. And so, yeah. but we can, like he, like he said, that end goal. Wow. We can start saving for it. So he didn't say no. He just said not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, and y'all's was. not yet is right here. It's here. Yeah. Wow. 
So it took y'all about, it sounds mm-hmm. like about, you bought it in 2019, mm-hmm. fell in love with it in 2006. Mm-hmm. So 13 years from there, you yeah. got out of debt and <clears> bought <throat> 46 acres worth of land. Yes. Yeah. And we stumbled, across, uh, stumbled upon Montana because the goal was in 2000, when was this? Uh, we were, 16. Yeah, we were looking for we snow. Wanted, <laughs> yeah, we wanted the kids to see snow. Yeah. Our, our younger two kids. Okay. We wanted them to see snow. And so we flew into Colorado. For Thanksgiving, and it was like Warm. Florida weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like, where is snow at? And so we looked at Montana, and so we drove 14 hours. We broke it up in over two days. Wait, wait, y'all went to Denver. Denver. No snow. No snow. <laughs> y'all said, we're going to find some snow. <laughs> and y'all drove to Montana from there. <laughs> we drove to Montana, and we just fell in love with it. We fell in love with it, and this was, you know, in Thanksgiving, and went up to the national parks. But a lot of people don't know. Montana is beautiful. Yeah. When you visit Glacier National Park. It's called yeah. the crown jewel of the continent. Mm-hmm. Crown jewel. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go to the southern part where you have, uh, where it borders Wyoming, you have Yellowstone National Park. And just being in the mountains, it, it allows you to become creative. You look at like some of the, you know, like Tyler Perry, he owns a cabin in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You know, Kanye, you know, own it, land, and then uh, Wyoming. Uh, Cody. Yeah. And so, uh, but just being up there, man, you're able to kind of, you're closer with God and able to commune with God. They got TV up there? Yeah, got TV. <laughs> you got to do satellite? Mm-hmm. No. They, they, they could run a cable? Yeah. 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 So y'all got cable in y'all house up there on all that land? Yes. Yeah. In a rural yeah. area, you got cable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm talking about like Xfinity and... AT&T. That, y'all got AT&T? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means y'all got, y'all got AT&T fiber internet? Or just, what's the internet like up there? It's strong. It's strong, yeah. 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 I know, yeah. man, I had to ask that. <laughs> I can't be in a rural area with no TV. I got yeah. I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta have some sports. <laughs> and we got a good cell service because on our land we have trail cameras that are uh, secular, oh, you know, so thanks, we're able to yeah. see. So y'all, y'all good with the cell phone service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I might be in the mountains. <laughs> I might be in the mountains. And yeah. if you think about Jesus retreated to the mountains a lot. Come on now. The Ten Commandments was yep. given Moses, you know. Yeah. He went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. There's something significant about being there. And the so we feel his presence, his glory right. so much there right. that there's mm-hmm. such a peace when we stand up there on that land. Mm-hmm. The fact that we own 46 acres, the fact that our ancestors um, didn't get that, yeah. you know, and I really feel like we're making them proud. Yeah. You know? What's the end goal f- when you all leave with that land? Because do you think your kids would want to stay there? Well, we put it in a trust, okay. you know, and so um, it's up to them. You know, we know if they sell it, they're going to they're gonna make a lot of money. Okay. Because um, even now it's worth a lot more a lot than what more we, than paid. we paid for it um, in 2019. Yeah. Wow. So, Be- is it because of COVID? Yeah, and people a, and started a, rushing into the state. Yeah, rushing there, and just the real estate prices have went up. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's so. That's so good. Um, land ownership is important for the black community, and I feel as if we need to have more education around that. More education on okay, how do we own the land? How do we own what's on the land? Mm-hmm. And how do we put that in a trust to where our kids can make that decision? One of the things that I will do is for me, uh, my kids, my kids won't be able to sell mm-hmm. the land. Mm-hmm. Their kids will be. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I want to make sure that I can at least pass that down, down. Mm-hmm. to, you know, to at least one generation. They get to, yeah. they got to keep it. Mm-hmm. Now, once you, you know what I'm saying, pass it down to your kids, now they can have the right uh, to sell it. But I, I'm literally going to write a long letter to my grandkids, great-grandkids, and great-grandkids. Mm-hmm. Really, really trying to give them the wisdom and the knowledge on why having and owning land is so important. Yeah. Because my fear is that eventually down the road, if if we don't do homeschooling, if we don't come home and add on top of what public schools is teaching, mm-hmm. add a little bit more culture and more heritage and more knowledge on top of that, mm-hmm. I think the, you know, 40 acres and a mule is going to disappear. Yeah. And I want to make sure that they understand why ownership is so important, mm-hmm. especially Absolutely. within the black community. When you all think of black people and ownership, what first comes to mind? Like, not just land, but just when you come to how do we close that wealth gap? What comes to mind? I'm curious. I think seeing other blacks okay. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to inspire, you know, our people to do it because, yeah. you know, we we came from nothing. Yeah. And if God can do it for us, he can do it for anybody. Yeah. And I just think, also, the, you know, the, the, and that's the empowerment. But also after the empowerment, you got to have the education, mm-hmm. you know, educating them, you know, about, you know, money, uh, how to create a budget, you know, not, you know, t- you know, not consuming. Mm-hmm. Because you look at the black dollar, the black dollar is powerful. And why is it powerful? Mm. Because we consume a lot. We're the number one consumers. We're the number one consumers. Yeah. So, you know, telling our people, hey, it's it's, it's you know, all right, let's let's take that consuming. You know, we can still consume, but yeah, also yeah. let's invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just let's invest with that black dollar. Yeah, yeah. And we could be powerful. That can be powerful. And the I black think. dollar doesn't even circulate a full one time Mm-mm. within our own culture. Mm-mm. And that's and one of the things like we 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 taught our kids about the Black Wall Street, and mm. we visited Black Wall Street, and it was amazing how that block. The black dollar circulated how many times? Fourteen times before it ever left. Before it ever yeah. left. Wow! You had everything. You had the schools. You had the hospitals. Yeah. You had the attorneys. You had the doctors. Everything. Everything. There. It mm-hmm. circulated. It circulated. Wow. <clears throat> and it's not that because I, I want to be clear because I have a lot of white people who follow me, mm-hmm. and I just want to be. It's not that we don't love white people. It's mm-hmm. not that we hate white people. It's just that we want to see better for our people. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I think I love all I have white people on my team Mm -hmm. and they add such a great value. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I I, want to see more black people successful. Yeah. And I think that I want my kids to see more black people at the table with white people, more black people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, owning things, not just white people. I want I think representation Mm -hmm. is very important for the black community. Which is why I respectfully said a year ago, and I got some some backlash for it. I don't care. I said I, I will only marry a black woman. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have a white person who does a lot of my marketing and stuff for me now. Love her dearly, mm-hmm. but I want to raise kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that I was raised mm-hmm. with an amazing black strong woman, and I think representation is so so important. Absolutely. I'm curious. Um, one of my good friends, he wrote a book. He said, man, we work Monday through Friday, and we take our money, 
um, and we go give it to Wells Fargo, which is a family's last name, not a black family, right? Mm-hmm. Why did you all not use other people's money to fund your dream? Because during our, our debt payoff process, you know, you know, the banks, you know, they they like you when you go in there, they grin in your face and mm-hmm. give you the free stuff. But mm-hmm. I remember when we was going through that process and you know, this was back in 2008 when the economy started to go down. Mm-hmm. And that's when all the banks were kind of tightening their lending policies and stuff like that. And I remember I used to get phone calls. Like, you know, when you when we had our cars financed, you know, you have, what, a 10-day grace period. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like day three. They're blowing up my phone, calling like 8 o'clock at night. And I'm getting into it with the people. And that showed me right then and there that, all right, these people don't really care about well, you. Banks are not our friends. Yeah. <laughs> no. and, and I remember starting our business, you know, we was trying to get capital. Oh, you got to have $250,000 in revenue. You got to have this. You got to have that. You got to have that. Like, how? How? What, what's the saying? <laughs> banks are the only ones that will lend you money if you can show them that you don't need the money. Yeah. Mm. And so we found that out to be true. Yeah. And so how we got funding was through a um, African-American man that had a minority program for, mm-hmm. you know, minorities. Wow. And so he came in and met us, and he saw our books. He saw us. He p- more so wanted to see us. Yeah. And w- that's where we got our, our startup, wow. you know. Um, and we paid that off so fast. They did an article about us, you know, mm-hmm. and because he partnered with, at the time, um, a bank. Mm-hmm. And um, and we remember being at the photo shoot with this particular bank. Yeah. Um, after we had paid off that um, that grant, it was a grant loan, and um, right afterwards, they were trying to sit us down so that they could offer us money, <laughs> yeah. and we declined. Yeah. We said no, thank you. Well, we needed the money. <laughs> we when needed y'all them. needed them, y'all didn't want me. Yeah. Yeah. But now that I'm hot, y'all on me. You yeah. know, they yeah. saw. Oh my. Goodness. Yeah. And the same thing with our cars. I never forget um, uh, some years ago, I've always wanted, you know, I, I wanted a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one one year, my Reggie said, I think it's time. We're going to go in and pay cash. Went to the Mercedes dealership. You know, we saw a used one, nothing mm-hmm. brand new. Yeah, yeah, we I'm never buy brand new cars. Yeah. Um, and we said, we're going to pay cash. And they didn't want the cash. No, listen, yeah. they, <laughs> they penalize you for paying cash now. Yeah. Yeah. I I was blown away. <laughs> I walked into the dealership, mm-hmm. saw the price online. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, cool, I'm going to go in there. Mm-hmm. And I went in there, just like y'all. Hey, man, I'm, I'm just, all right, cool, boy, to try this kind of car, we need to get a credit check. I was like, a credit check? Hmm. I'm not paying. I'm not, I'm not financing anything. I'm paying cash. Mm-hmm. Well, son... We need proof that you have the means of buying it. I said, okay, I'm, okay. I, got you. <laughs> I said, I got you. So I, I called my banker, and she, you know, um, verified how the funds to purchase it. He was like, okay. Well, I loved the car, test drove the car, came back, didn't negotiate it. Do you know they charge a thousand dollars more hmm. if you do not finance the car? Wow. Oh boy. I was like, well, that makes no. You're gonna penalize me for giving me for giving you all your money up front. Yep. It was like, yeah, it's because we get money off of you finance. You're right. Mm-hmm. We get money off of the interest. Mm-hmm. So if you pay cash, we're only making the money on the car. We're not making a lot of money off of the car. Right. Yeah. I was like, well, that's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You should have priced this car the way you can make money, but mm-hmm. I'm not giving you an extra thousand dollars because I want to give you all of your money up front. Yeah. Right. Walked away from the car. 
Mm. Yeah. Watch away. Watch away. Yeah. And that's the thing is like when you go in there to pay cash, they don't even know how to operate. They like, don't. It's like, like everybody's in a friend. They got to go get this finance person. The yeah. finance person come to you. And yeah. you should, because you debt is pay. normal. Yeah. It is. It's normal. Even yeah. when we go to doctors and I go to doctor's office, I call doctor's office. It's like, <clears> well, how are you paying? Um, cash. Um, can you tell me how much it is? You know, I ask them how much is. Oh, we don't know. I'm like, so you mean to, to tell me my entrepreneurial brain is like, you mean to tell me an office manager, someone hasn't taught you how to take cash? It was like, they literally <laughs> will turn you away. Like, they're so used. I'm like, let me get this straight, because we're in the healthcare business. Mm-hmm. You would rather process paperwork yes, and wait on an insurance company who may not pay. Mm-hmm. Because if the code is not right or something, they may not pay. Mm-hmm. you rather do that than take cash? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. So it's almost a headache to even call a doctor's office, it you is. know, mm-hmm. with cash. It is. But that's how we operate. Right. You I, know. I have yeah. no problem with that. Do y'all ever get this question? Well, I mean, your money can do better if it's sitting in an account and getting interest mm-hmm. and if you're investing it. Mm-hmm. So why go pay cash mm-hmm. for a car? Why go pay cash <clears throat> for a house? Why go pay cash for mm-hmm. go use their money, mm-hmm. get a low interest rate? Pay that low interest rate and then just go invest your money. Like, mm-hmm. what's your response when y'all hear that kind of conversation around y'all? We just tell them we just, you know, it's just our, our. we just want to pay cash because I'd rather, I, I sleep good at night knowing that I don't owe anybody nothing. But the other thing is discipline because okay. what happens if, let's say you do that. Yeah. And then you have all of these little revolving accounts. Let's say something happens, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. Someone has broke a leg. Mm-hmm. You you need to pay doctor bills. Mm-hmm. Now you got all these little revolving accounts mm-hmm. that had if you had paid it off, you wouldn't have that. You know, You're right? You're right. And that's how people get caught up because yeah. they tell you, you know, buy now, pay later. Yep. You, you just make your little payments. Yep. Yep. All that adds up. Yep. You know, which is why I go back to what you're saying. You need education mm-hmm. because yeah. I sold cars mm-hmm. and I felt so bad. Mm. selling cars mm. because when I got into the car business mm-hmm. the first month mm-hmm. I'll never forget this never tell them the price of the car tell them how much their monthly payments mm-hmm. you're right monthly and I'm payment. like okay but shouldn't they know how much they're paying no mm-hmm. people don't care about the price of the car they care can they afford it monthly, monthly. Mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah but that's so misleading though because yeah. I mean, if they're going to get a car that's 50 grand and and then the interest rate is 17 percent, mm-hmm. that means they're paying back over these years mm-hmm. 65, 70 grand. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, yeah, son, but they're only paying 199 a month. Yeah. And I'm like, so literally I would go in there. He's like, and because back then, oh, we were pricing cars like crazy and getting the interest. Mm. I'll go in there and say, all right, man, listen here. You go in there and get them sold on $249 a month. That's $2,000 in your pocket. Wow. I'm like, $2,000? Listen, I'll walk in there. <laughs> I might be out of focus. This is all good, CJ. I'll sit down. I'm like, I'm spambling. <laughs> you know, I had to work some stuff out. <laughs> it was hard to get y'all approved. You know, having a 580 credit score is, is difficult. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe God is good. <laughs> and I believe that God has really stepped in because I got one bank that was ready to approve you all. Mm-hmm. And I got approval here. You see here now it's only $249 a month. Mm-hmm. Check this out. I'm maybe going to wait the first month. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going to even throw in mm-hmm. a free car wash. Mm-hmm. I got to do with the sign right there. This is the only loan. This is the only one I got approved. Only thing I got done. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling y'all, family, Reggie, I'm telling right now, this is a great car. You see that? Can I see That's mm-hmm. a beautiful car. Mm. $249 a month. Mm. So you you really got me approved? I did. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. I was like, I did with a 580 credit score. Mm. 580 credit score, and you only made $1,800 a month. I got you approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, I've been praying for this car while she's signing. And I'm just like, I was praying for this $2,000 you had to give me. And I yeah. felt so bad yeah. because I'm like, you didn't ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. You only saw $249 a month. <clears throat> but then when they get into it and they see that that $249 is not even going towards their car. It's going towards that high interest rate because you had a 580 score. <clears throat> and then, I mean, we would go through second lenders and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to see that paycheck and make sure that they had the money. And I'm, I just felt so so bad leaving there. But every time I got my paycheck selling cars, mm-hmm. I felt so good. Mm-hmm. And it kept me going back every month mm-hmm. because I was making all this money. And then I'll never forget one day, true story, an um, elderly woman walked into, walked back into the dealership. I didn't see her when she first came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she It was her grandson. She signed like a year ago, she mm-hmm. co-signed for her uh, grandson's car. She didn't know really what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She was on fixed income, making mm-hmm. $800 a month, but her credit score was like an 810, 820 at the time. Mm-hmm. Signed for her son to get a BMW mm-hmm. with a car note of like $1,000 a month. Wow. Well, her son lost his job. Mm-hmm. Repoed. Put it on her credit report. Uh. She went to get another apartment to move. Mm-hmm. Got denied. Mm. Yeah. And she was like, y'all, I, what is this? I don't I don't have this inside my car. Mm. And I mean, was crying. Mm. Was crying, crying, crying. Oh, like, y'all, man. I can't move. I, can't, I gotta go. I can't move. This is not my car. Please take it off. This, I don't, he, <clears throat> how? It was the next week I left and mm. went into ministry full time. I said, I can no longer be a part of leading people down this journey that is screwing, just screwing over people's financial lives. Amen. Yeah. And so, um, there's a key nugget in there. Never cosign. Never. Never cosign. Tell them it's in the Bible. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> listen. Never cosign um, at all. Period. I won't cosign yeah. for family. Yeah. I won't cosign for. I won't even loan my family money. Mm-hmm. I would give them money if it's within my budget. Absolutely. Yeah, that's our model, too. If we don't yeah. have it to just give you, yep. we mm-hmm. don't loan it. We don't. So then we don't have any hard feelings. Exactly. When you can't give it back. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No expectations. Yeah. If you give it back, God bless you. Yeah. But I don't expect, expect it, it back. back. Yeah. Because um, I think that's important for legacy. Family has to stick together. Yeah. And money messes up family. Yeah. You know. And also with the home ownership, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, our people, sometimes we're so excited to get that home like we were our first home, but mm-hmm. we had a jacked up interest rate. You know, we had the the it was the interest only eighty percent, then the fixed rate twenty percent. And we were stuck in that house for ten years. Ten years ten because years. of the interest. The interest and the equity. We were upside down because mm-hmm. you know, once the market tanked. You know, we paid three seventy five for a house. Right. House not selling for one seventy five. 
Yeah. yeah. So it took us ten years to for it to get leveled out, or for you to make up the difference. Um, we had to, we still had to bring had money to, bring to money closing. To closing. Yeah, to, get to out of that sell house. your house. Yeah. You had to bring money to sell your house, yeah. not make money. Almost a hundred k. Oh my god! Because people were short selling, but we felt like God was telling us not to do that. And I heard a lot yeah. of people, you know, they were saying you need to short stop seller. making payments because the bank is not going to talk to you. But it, I just felt that God didn't want us to do that. We never um, missed a payment. Yeah. yeah. Never missed a payment. <laughs> never missed a payment. And brought $100,000 to we the table 100. so y'all can get out of it the, yeah. the right way. The right way. The right way. We wanted and to do it, was, it the right way. Man, God is blessing y'all right now because y'all have made some, some <laughs> huge decisions. And look at y'all now. Yeah. I called you in. I tell you when last week, like four days ago. Yeah. This is the power, you guys. Of when you have ownership, not just of a business. I'm talking about ownership of your life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that the studio was going to be done. This is four days ago. I said, hey, Pamela, any way you and your husband can get to D.C.? Not even like two minutes later, we'll be there. <laughs> and were y'all in Montana? Yeah. Montana. So that's a flight. How many kids y'all bring with y'all? Three, Three. of them. So that's five flights mm-hmm. at the last minute. You can't do that if you're drowning in debt. You can't do that if you don't have a savings account. You can put it on a credit card, but they ain't put it on a credit card. They just, no, we, we come. And I think that's just the power of just having, like you said, financial freedom. Freedom. Freedom to do what you mm-hmm. all want to do. And, and I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure y'all using this, even this opportunity to educate your kids. And homeschooling side. Absolutely. Yeah, because when I go, when he tells that story about the house, it brings so many emotions because we know if we had had parents that taught us Mm -hmm. that we would not have made a lot of the mistakes we made starting out. Yeah. And so this is why we're so passionate by sharing our story online. Mm -hmm. You know, at first he was like, well, you know, we're kind of private. I said, but Reggie, it's important not only for our family, other black families need to hear our story, you know? And when I get people that tag me online that showed me, recently a lady showed me that um, they just brought land somewhere in, I think, Virginia. And she tagged me and she said, your family inspired us to buy land. Mm. I wept and I wept and I wept because... I would have never thought growing up in a broken home that we would ever be, I would ever be an example to anybody. And we, when we looked at all the mistakes we made financially, Mm -hmm. it's like, had we had a blueprint. Yeah. 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 And so the, the, what we, what the, the best thing we can do is teach our children through example and others around us. Through examples. And that's what it's about. So how, how do we buy land? I mean, what, where do we start? If someone's watching this show and said, "All right, cool, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get out of debt. I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, uh, start saving some money. I'm going to start building a business." But the end goal for us is we want to purchase some land too. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? Do we go on Zillow, start looking for land? Like, are, are there any practical apps? Like, where did you all start when y'all was looking for the process? Yeah, those same places. We first of all, I would say you need to research the area, like. Okay. You need to find out where you want to buy land. Okay. Don't just go and say, I want to buy this land. Go to 
vacation in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get to know that area where the stores, <clears throat> there's things you need to know about raw land. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to know, is there an easement on your on that land mm-hmm. that gives neighbors access? Easement, what do, is that? Or oh, gives neighbors access to drive, drive on, on that land. Okay. Um, <clears throat> do you have mineral rights? Mm-hmm. That's a big one because a lot of times if you don't research really well, someone else, if you strike Gold or oil, yeah. That previous owner could come back and say, "Oh, claim the minerals and claim the minerals for real." Yeah, Yeah. even though they don't own the land anymore, if they have if they have mineral rights, yeah. So you have to make sure you have mineral rights. Yeah. Um, Is there a well on that land? Okay, and that's for water, right? Water. Yeah. Um, Right now, currently, we're digging a well that's that cost us thirty thousand dollars because we're up on a mountain, and because that gives you. Water to your house or just right. water, period, for the, the all the land? Just, you know, having mm-hmm. water to the house. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it costs us 30000 you know, as, as Jesus said, no bill to bills without calculating the cost. Right, 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 right. So you need well, septic, also electricity. Mm-hmm. How, how far? How much is it going to cost? I mean, it ran us about 20 about 20. 20 to just run electricity to our bill spot. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we're paying all this stuff and haven't even built the house yet. Like, <laughs> these are just. So you 50 grand right there <laughs> yeah. just to get water and electricity to the house. And then mm-hmm. building a road. Building Y'all a road. had to build a road yeah, too? Yeah, that was how much? About 10? About 10. 10,000 just to yeah. build the road up to the spot. spot. Just to the spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So y'all, so it sounds like roughly after I do everything, even a small, you're a hundred grand mm-hmm. just to get to where you want to build. Right. Yep. Yep. So those are things to consider before you go into land. And looking at the covenants, you know, covenants. like kind of like, you know, because usually when land is, you know, someone owns thousands of acres mm-hmm. and when they subdivide it, they would have covenants like, you know, to uh, the people that buy it, like, you know, you, the house you build have has to be minimum 1,200 square feet. You can't have this in your yard, this in, you know, it's kind of like an HOA. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have an HOA. It kind of governs you. It's a document that governs all the future landowners. Without that, a board. Without yeah. a board. So mm-hmm. the only way they can really enforce it is if a neighbor sues. Sues another neighbor. So you want to check <clears throat> covenants. You want to say, what is my goal for the land? Mm-hmm. So like with us— um, we don't have those covenants. So we can farm, but we wanted the freedom to be able to farm and yeah. have us, and do what we want to do yeah. without someone saying, you can't do that. If we want to land an airplane on that on our landing, we have a huge strip in the back, mm-hmm. then we can land an airplane there. For real? Yeah. Y'all need a jet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually um, preparing to take flight lessons. For real? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's going to be so yeah. dope. <laughs> yeah. So you can get the, the little small planes so yep. just to fly y'all to, yep. and y'all can just fly wherever y'all wherever want. Go. Yeah, we have a neighbor oh. at the street. He has a uh, airplane hangar. Yeah, on his uh, land, he has, like a little small bush plane where he lands, and he flies wherever he wants. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would <laughs> so do that. Like that. Oh, that might be a goal for like my sixties. <laughs> I'm a city guy. So I like, I like big houses. I like the nice cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm dead free in doing that. So we have the big houses. They call them barn dominiums. Barn, what, 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 oh, they're what? huge. Mm-hmm. People build barn dominiums out there. For real? Yes, and they're humongous. They can be four thousand, five thousand, six thousand square feet, and you have room to put a plane in there. Room to put tractors, everything. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, they're they're luxury yeah. barns. When y'all get done <laughs> with this thing, right? 
Mm-hmm. I want to be the first person. I'm going to bring my whole crew out there. Yes. Absolutely. And we're just going <laughs> to tour everything. Yes. Absolutely. And I want to go in a tractor, and I want to yeah. ride that thing. I want to yeah. go all the Have y'all driven throughout every, like, every acre of y'all's lot yet? Yes. Yeah. It takes a, you have to be on some type of vehicle. We never knew how big 46, 46 acres is. When we brought it, we didn't really explore all of it because, you know, the guy had cows on it and stuff. So yeah. we brought it and came back a couple months later. And he gave us a tour. And we was like, man, this is like. It takes a like, lot. You need binoculars to see each property line. We was on UTVs yeah. driving around. and So if you were to drive, um, let's say if you just go just straight, like how long would it take you to hit all 40, 46 acres? Like if you would start from your front door of the house and then drive all four to six acres and come mm-hmm. back, what would you? How long would it take? Uh, I would say maybe 15, 20 minutes in a car, or, or the ATV. He, ATV. 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 About 30, 40 minutes. Oh man. Yeah. What? What if you go running? I'm a cardio guy. Oh. Mm. Running. That's about about an hour and a half. Probably oh, yeah, about an definitely. hour and a half. That's yeah. an easy run, man. I would. Yeah. And I'm running on my land. Yep, yep, your land. Like, I would run that thing every day. Yeah. I'll come, hey, baby, mm-hmm. we, have, we had a problem with the ducks out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But, hey, I just stopped and took care of the duck. The duck was bleeding. I took care of it. It's yeah. all good. I'm a farmer. Yeah. I love it, man. Y'all, thank y'all so much for coming by at the last minute. You all have inspired um, all of us, including myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, man, like, 46 acres. A black couple bought this thing debt free. Yeah. You all are definitely in the top 1% of black people. Because mm. I don't know too many black people who are buying acres mm-hmm. of land like that. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's not any, because there are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the goal, the vision, and the why behind it is so inspirational. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of black people who bought land but didn't pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is so inspiring. And so how can people learn more about what you all are doing, where you all are going? How can they follow y'all's journey? Well, I am, and uh, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram at Black Home Educators. Okay, okay. And then he's on Instagram. At Frugal Beard Guy. Frugal Beard Guy. Because y'all see that beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that thing thick, boy. <laughs> that thing thick. Man, I love it. Um, and I appreciate you all. Uh, you guys, these are people who you want to follow. Uh, this year, I'm really focusing on making sure that we're maximizing, one, our singleness, if you're single, and two, maximizing this year. Uh, we're going to be getting out of debt. We're going to be building wealth. We're going to be starting businesses. And this year, I want to make sure that everyone who comes to the table, they're helping us maximize. They're helping us get closer to our vision, get closer to our goals. Um, and they have done it. You know, they're not using other people's money. And I want to be clear. I'm not knocking people who do do that. I'm not knocking that. But my assignment is to show you, hey, there is another out. And you can have what you want to have paying cash. And I think one of the key things that, that, that Reggie said was, man, waking up mm-hmm. and knowing that I do not have any major payments is amazing. And I, I agree with him. Man, when I wake up, the only payment I have is my mortgage. I have, I'm not like them. I didn't build my house cash. I'm going to pay this off here very, very soon. Uh, but knowing that when I wake up, the only thing I have is my mortgage payment, not car notes, not credit cards, not, um, you know, this payment, that payment. No, 
it feels so good. It feels so good to where if I'm not recording to encourage you all, if I want to wake up at 11 o'clock, then go to the gym and then come home and maybe jump on the airplane and go see my nephews or see my mom, my dad, I can do that. And um, we learned today that entrepreneurship, being debt-free, gives you the opportunity to have the freedom. Um, And when you have freedom, you have options. And when you have options, you have ownership. And you own your life, your time, your thoughts, everything. I want to leave you with this encouraging scripture today. Uh, And this is affirmation. And I want to pull it up first. Okay, here we go. Um, It's in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Here's the affirmation. Y'all know how we roll when it comes to the affirmations at the end of today's show. Is I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat it five times. If you're driving right now, just repeat it loud in your car. If you're watching me live on YouTube right now, just type it in there and just say it loud at home. But these affirmations is is how we start the days. This affirmation is what I really want God uh, to put inside of you for the rest of the day. And today's affirmation is no challenge is too great for me. If you see 60 acres and that's what you want, that's that's a challenge that you can accomplish. If you have $600,000 in debt, <laughs> that's a challenge that you can accomplish because no challenge is too great for you. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus Christ is inside of all of us. Jesus Christ wants to see us win. He wants to see us succeed. He wants you to have an abundant life. But you got to believe that no challenge is great for you. So say it loud. Say it proud that no challenge is great for you. For all y'all who's saying, Anthony, why are you yelling? I'm yelling because no challenge is great for me because I'm connected to Jesus. And I'm excited about that. Y'all hit that subscribe button. Make sure you all keep it locked because don't forget, we are now doing two shows a week, every Monday and every Wednesday. We're dropping content to help you maximize this year. Um, single people, we have something special launching here in a little bit. I cannot wait to share it with you all. Go check out my guests today. I'm going to drop all their information in the show description. Go follow them on TikTok. Go follow them. Brothers, you want a beard? That man's beard fire. <laughs> yeah, I see mine. It's, I'm, I'm getting a little bit, you know what I'm saying? The ladies, I, I hope the ladies love it, you know? I got to get a little bit thicker, though, you know? I'm going to get a little thicker, so I'm going to go follow the beard guy. Actually, I already follow the beard guy, but y'all go follow him, too. I'll see y'all on the next show. Peace.